Hey, everybody. I'm Mike. This is Massey. What's up? We are the Self-Evident Podcast. Uh, this is episode number four. Isn't that crazy, man? We've Thank you guys it. for joining in with us. Absolutely. We've been getting good feedback. On really this. good feedback. A lot of great, uh, lot of great responses. Uh, yeah. Got a couple of topic ideas people have been sending in. So yeah, Absolutely. Which, please, guys, feel free to send in topic ideas. Let us know what you think. Post comments, negative reviews, whatever you want to do, because we want to hear from you. Um, be sure also to share this stuff, let people know about yep. it, um, spread the word, right? You guys are our foot soldiers for this. So that's right. Um, couple of housekeeping tips. Don't forget. We have our Patreon, patreon.com slash self evident ministries. You can go there, you can donate, subscribe that gets you access to the full videos. And then we'll be having all the podcast yep. audio stuff on iTunes, um, as well, be sure to visit our Facebook page. We have our home page, home web page, selfevidenttruth.com. The self-evident truth. The self-evident truth. The. Don't Thank forget you. the. The. But we might even have the other one, actually. I think we have that domain, Do self-evident truth. Now? I believe so. <laughs> I believe so. Guys, we made like a batch of like 400 t-shirts and they forgot the the in it. <laughs> <laughs> we got our new t-shirt. Matter of fact, if you guys go online, check out our merch, cop a shirt, yeah, right? That's check out right. our merch. We got a couple t-shirts. We got our DVD out uh, that came out last, no, the year prior. Uh, it was a message that we do when we go public. Uh, yep. It's just a basic uh, introduction on, you know, God and country and how that all works and assimilates. Yeah. And so they printed our shirts here what about a month ago. And guess what? <laughs> no the <laughs> no the. So it's like dang it, dang it. So so Who we decided that? we decide we'll just own the domain and you yeah. Know, you I think we I think there. we actually did buy the domain <laughs> of it. Yeah. So pretty neat. But anyways. All right. So this week, a lot of stuff going on. Um, we've got a couple of topics we really want to talk yep. about. Um, so the first thing we were going to talk about is, is social media platforms. Okay. We've got Google. We've got Facebook. We've got YouTube, which we are also on. We've got um, Twitter and there's this growing sentiment that these platforms, these organizations are biased against, especially conservative voices. Yeah. And they're really trying to control the political narrative. You can, you can see it. There's evidences yeah. of it. I mean, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you can see evidences of it. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've referenced the Alex Jones stuff several times. Yeah. And he's, and he's just yeah. one, you know, crazy, crazy voice out there, but I mean, there's others. I got friends who've had their Twitter accounts deleted. I mean, Milo, dude, of all people, a gay conservative, yeah. you know what I mean, got his Twitter account deleted. Now, granted, he was kind of doing some stupid things, but the fact is there's other people doing way worse things, and I'm sure, you know, they're <laughs> you can see the bias, yeah. of it, you know. Uh, well, one of the just kind of an example of the bias was that editor for the New York Times. I don't know if. I'm sure I talked to you about this. A Probably bit, not. But what's her name? Sarah Jong. Um, she got hired at the New York Times mm -hmm. and she had a bunch of tweets that were talking about how much she hated white people and how she wished uh -huh. white people would die. And she loves, you know, making old white ladies lives miserable and this kind of thing. And New York Times defended her, said, we're OK with hiring her. Look, whatever, you know, you guys can leave. And Candace Owens changed the wording of the text. Candace the, Owens being a black conservative black voice conservative, right now. Yes. She works for Turning Point USA, I believe. She's one of the communications directors. Yeah, she throws up a lot of white power symbols all the time. She's, <laughs> <you know. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we'll put a picture yeah. up of her, I guess. White nationalist, black conservative. Racist, KKK person. Yes, absolutely. That likes... Grand Dragon. She's black. Or whatever. <laughs> so isn't she, this ridiculous? We have to do that. Isn't, isn't it stupid? Sad? Let's just get on this topic Please for a second. Do. Isn't it stupid? I have to do that. I have to say, well, she's a black conservative. Who gives a crap? Is she is she sane or not? Are her points valid or not? She you know what I principles mean? or yeah, not? Yeah, does she have principle or not? Like, why why can't we do what he said? And I don't know if you can see this. I got a picture or a plaque of Martin Luther King here. I want my kids to be one day judged by the uh, not by the con- uh, color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Yeah. Is her character worthy of it? Yep. And I'm t- worried about, you know, is he a Hispanic conservative or a black conservative? And I got to worry about who I'm going to say. Come on now. Like, really, this has become, and it's almost like <clears throat> there's there's this two sides to persecution. I'm just going to go with this for a second, then yeah. we, we can get back on this. There's the side of, man, persecution is going to come, and I know it. And it's how I handle myself through that to kind of represent Christ through the persecution. Look at Jesus even went to his cross, knew he yeah. was being persecuted wrongfully, had false witnesses come out, which kind of ties into the Kavanaugh thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Right. There was false witnesses. He still went to the cross and he endured it, despising the shame for the sins of the world. The Bible even says, if you get punished for things that you do wrong, why don't you suffer the same punishment if you do right? Yeah. Why can't you suffer the punishment if you do right? But yet we still want to prove ourselves wrong. And we have to, figure out different narratives and different names and we have to say things right. We have to do this. And at what point, and I, I'm not saying, so, so let me say this. Jesus Christ is already offensive, bro. Like we don't need to be, you know, jerks about it. And I was no. about to say the prick word, but I mean, we don't have to be jerks <laughs> about it. Right. He's already offensive. Right. But truth should never be, uh, truth should never be given at the expense of love. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. How I said that? Yeah. I like that. It should never, it should always have love. And I said this to a guy yesterday, truth with love is liberty, but truth without it is oppression. And sometimes there's conservative people out there. I'm just going to be, let's just call it our own. They just like the, they like the ruse just because they want the ruse. They like the the persecution because it builds YouTube ratings. You know what I mean? Or, you know, say, yeah, he took him down this week. And it's like, we've talked about this before. What good is social media dude if we ain't changing people? Like I've wanted to get out of social media. Let's tie it back into social media. I have, tro- and I think I've told you this. I'm, I don't know how many times I've told you. I want to get rid of the platforms. I don't want self-evident to be on it. I don't even care if I'm on it anymore. I don't care if my wife's like, no, but no, you you have a reach there. People like it. Blah blah blah. I'll run the pages for you, right? Yep. I don't even want to be on it anymore. But I am realizing more and more and more how important and kind of this is the vehicle of communication now. Yeah. The, so here's a question for that. Before we get into the main topic, do you do you think social media? has that powerful of an influence to where it's that important for us to be on it. I don't think anything that has that anything has that much influence that we don't give it. Okay. Does that make sense? A knife has no influence over it until I pick it up and do something with it. Yeah. Whether good or bad. You know what I mean? Like social media, if we were all to just love it, you know, love your neighbors yourself and not get involved in gossip. So like <laughs> I'm thinking like <clears throat> let's get personal for a minute. This, the, the kind of like a lot of the purpose of social media is to cover up a lot of wounds. People put on their filters and all these things. We've heard those kind of yeah. speeches before. And, you know, it's kind of like a cover up and try to make your life better than what it really is. Some people actually use it for good to inspire. I, I know a great guy up in Jacksonville. His name's Rich. He, he totally inspires people on his Facebook and he's great at it. Christian guy. He's amazing. He's a salesman for a company I was in. <clears throat> but social media now has become a place to vent and gossip. No. And most people that do it that are Christian shouldn't be going to, to to that place to vent 
Sometimes we go to our friends to vent. We go to our, our social medias to vent and all these things when we didn't take it to God first. So what, all hmm. you're doing is creating this thing when you go vent on a Facebook and you get 15 likes and you get the comments that are like, yeah, you get him, girl, or you go get her, girl. You know, you do this and this. So you create yeah. division. You're sowing division yeah. in other people's lives, including your own, instead of going to God saying, Lord, what's the right way to handle this? And then he creates a peace in you where it's like, you know what? I created a healthy situation out of this. I can go face that person. But no, we do this on social media where we kind of let out, we air out our lives. And I think the influences, it's become a negative in a lot yeah. of ways. We want to go on social media, a lot of us, right, to kind of just check out what everybody's doing. But then don't tell me. I mean, like, I've, I've been guilty. That's why I wanted to get off of it. it was like, I'm just going on people's stories just to see how they're doing. And, oh, that person's mad at that person now. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's just not good. Yeah. It's just not good. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. And it, it, it builds a real team versus team identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, you know, we tend to gravitate towards things we agree with, obviously. Right? We can all agree with that. Uh, whether it's YouTube or whether it's Facebook. If somebody posts an article that we agree with, we put a thumbs up because, hey, I agree with that. That's, and most times it comes down to team, it comes mm. down to Republican, Democrat, conservative, right. liberal, whatever you want to say. I know most of the YouTube videos that I watch are conservative leaning, are reinforcing my points. Right. And, and that's, that's a flaw. That is a flaw. You know, and it's, there's an well, ins- that was kind of harsh. <laughs> I didn't mean you're yeah, flaws. You really are, yeah, you really are a crappy guy, aren't you? <sighs> Loser. <laughs> you really are a crappy guy, dang it. <laughs> um, you know, and we, there's a lot of people who the only times they look at the other stuff is in order to help bolster their point, to that's basically right. pick it apart. Um, and I think, you know, like we've talked about before, that's the whole reason we did the podcast. Yeah. And one of one of my biggest passions about doing this podcast was to help get myself out of that little chamber that I've got and being able to sit down with somebody with a diverse viewpoint and have us talk about it, hash it out, think yeah, right. about things. Because I've noticed if if I really just pay attention to somebody else's argument, yep, I can usually come away with something that helps make mine more nuanced. Exactly. Helps helps give me more principle in what I'm thinking about things. Uh, perfect example. Solidifies you. Yeah, exactly. In, in your point. May even change yeah. your point a little bit, but it solidifies who you are. Exactly. And, and here's a perfect example. So I just started this roofing job, and vast majority of the guys that I work with are Guatemalans or Mexicans. Uh, we've got, you know, some Cubans, Dominicans. And I'm learning a lot about... How much you don't know Spanish? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like you guys, I've I've come to Mass and I'm like I need to learn Spanish. <laughs> I, it's like, boy, what are you talking <laughs> to me for, man? I'm just a white boy with a tan. Get out of here. I know Spanish a little bit. Took some Spanish classes. He, he speaks Spanglish. <laughs> um, and you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm really observing is the differences in culture, which yep. I think are good, right? But I I feel on the outside because most of the crews are pretty much all Spanish speaking, you know, all Guatemalan or Mexican. So they've, they've really got their own culture that they're a part of. And I'm, I'm kind of on the outside, this American white boy from the Midwest. And I'm observing that not in a sense of, well, they need to change or I need to change, but just an understanding of, okay, here's some nuance to how cultures are different and how it feels to be the other in the group. You know, because a lot of times, Liberals, progressives will talk about minorities always feeling othered, right? The the black guy in the majority white town, they they tend to lift up that idea and and point it out and and 
focus on it and reinforce it. If he's different, he's he's something else. He's not with his own culture, his own people. I'm in a position now to kind of observe that a little bit. Gotcha. You know, and, and so I'm learning some things about that, and and not into the sense of you know. Well, I need to establish my culture more, but it's just an understanding of, yeah, what does it feel like to be another? And I don't, I don't care about being another. I don't, you know, cause. Don't I, you just want to be cool with everybody? Yeah, I just, that's, that's exactly what it is. Is like, I just want to know them. Like, do we have I to get know? to know these guys? Yeah, dude. You know, you like know? again, like, so they have different cultures. Like I so grew up what? Hispanic, great. right? My, 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 my friends who I grew up with who weren't Hispanic, right? Different cultures, different yeah. times. I gave my parents my money when I was growing up. My brothers will test to it. My parents will test to it. And, and I don't know what it was, if it was a culture thing, but they were like, hey, if you're working, you help us out because we've been helping you and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't a bad thing. It was just when I worked, I gave them all my money. Yeah. My, all my friends would be like, why do you do that? It's, it's a culture thing, you know? Yeah. But we were all cool with each other. They understood it. I mean, they like my folks, right? It wasn't anything weird. It was like, why are we trying to like figure out and understand cultures? Can't we just be cool with everybody? Like, yeah. hey, man, that's cool. If you, you, you like rice and beans, guess what? If I ate that mess, I would not be able to get off the pot. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even trying to yeah, be funny, but it's yeah. the truth. You're different. You're built differently. You think differently. But you know what, dude? We all can laugh. Yeah. We all have sense of humors. We all have different, you know, kind of moral structures, right? And and I'm trying to understand that. Some of these guys are crass. Some of them aren't. I'm a Christian. Like, so why do you want to understand their culture when all they need to understand is Christ? Yeah. And you need to understand Christ, which changes us from the inside out anyways. Cultures yeah. don't really matter anymore with Jesus. It's not even about that. It's about the soul. It's about the friendship. It's about the brotherhood, right? No. And I, and I, I was I was thinking about it before. Before you were going on this tangent, because I I like the tangent we're going on. I do too. It's like why do we spend so much time trying to figure out the other person in their culture, but not figure out the other person? Thank you. Does this make sense? Yeah. So like, let's just take it to the church for example. Uh, let's take it to football because I love football. You love football. <clears throat> Fans and teams will literally go at it with each other in fisticuffs. What is that? Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles fans went nuts, I think, in Minnesota or whatever, yeah. like the other place that were wrecking stuff, you know. At that point, is it about the love of football? Is it about football anymore? Is it about no. you being right? It's, a, it, that, it's about being right and being part of a team. That's exactly it. Right. Now, we can all be a part of a team. I think it's not wrong to, like, I, I love the Patriots. You, you, I, you hate every other loser team. <laughs> <laughs> or you, you, you like all those guys. But no, I'm kidding. But, like, I, I'm, I keep thinking about, even in church, is this about Jesus anymore, about our church? Okay. Is this about friendships, brotherhood, building a strong coalition with people? Right. And being a part of society, being a part of a community in that workplace. Or is it about, you know, it's, they're Hispanic. I got to learn how to be more Hispanic. No. I, I hate the argument of, yeah. you know, there's so many white people and there's white this and white that. All you see is white because a vast majority <laughs> of the people in this country are white. <laughs> what, what do you expect? What do you expect? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a white privilege thing. It's just a white. I mean, it's the majority thing. They're. They're more yeah. of because you wouldn't go to China and say this country is way too Chinese. <laughs> hey, right? Great point. Right? No. Do, do they say that about Russia? No, they're all white skinned over <laughs> almost right, mostly. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways, right? They don't say that there. You know, Switzerland. Would you say that there? Now, how diverse is it? I don't know, right? But statistically, what is it? Thirty percent of the population is black. Yeah, I think, isn't it like 27, 30, something like that, somewhere yeah. on those lines. Sure. Right. It's like, and there's another 70, like 
percent of other people. Yeah. But the majority, probably 48, 50 percent, are white. Yep. You're gonna have more white. And dude, this could be okay. So I'm not denying that there's racism. I'm not denying that. Hey, people stepped on other people to get ahead. That is not the. That is not it. It is how do you deal with that now? How do you change it now where you're at instead of blaming and trying to figure this out? Little nuances, man. Like why can't we just love each other in truth? And I think something you said sparked this when you when you have Christ and and we both understand in each other that we love Christ then we can appreciate each other's differences or culture or yes. whatever right i love being with your family i love hanging out with you cuz we're awesome cuz you're awesome now one of the reasons that i love your family is because i know your family loves Christ and so i'm automatically a brother with your family. Mm-hmm. But then I get to experience and enjoy a different culture, a different side of life that I didn't get when I was a kid. And meanwhile, when you're spending time with my family, you get to see something unique right. or different in that aspect. Yep. And that's beautiful. Instead of having to fight about, okay, how do we protect cultures or how do we make sure different cultures change? Well, let's have Christ first, and then we can just enjoy the differences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you can figure out why Christ made us different in the first place. Like, yeah, why did God make us different? What's so unique about us? And wh- what do you bring to the table as a part of your uniqueness, you know, in, yeah. in, in Christ, right? Anyways, so back to that social media stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, is there an influence? Yeah, I mean, it's right now. It's, it's sales platforms, and now it's, you can get a job on Facebook, you know? Yeah. There's marketplace i mean they've become kind of the walmart of social media you know in in a sense which kind of loses its how do i say it appeal i think you know like walmart it's like people would rather go to target yeah it's just got that allure you know what i mean it's exclusivity almost in a sense whereas walmart be kind of you know just becomes like the the bland Right. Yeah, it like fits in and it's like yeah. total cookie cutter and yeah. targets. I'm not saying they're not cookie cutter, but they're you can I'm just being honest, sometimes even the quality stuff there's better, right? And I'm not saying go to Target. I you know, there's some personal convictions and, that I won't go to Target for. And Walmart, if you want us to uh, change our tune, go ahead and just sponsor us and yeah, we'll we promote Walmart. Guys, yeah. Day long, Walmart's yeah. the best ever now. That's right. Remember the little smiley face guy? We'll bring it back. <laughs> we'll bring it back. But I mean, and again, I, we shop at Walmart. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. what I'm saying is, is like there's no appeal to go. Yeah. You go there now because it's cheaper. That, but see, yeah, that, that's Money. that's the main reason you go now is because it's cheaper. It's not just because you want to go there. It's because it's cheaper. You know, than, than most places. Yeah, I feel we've done that to people. Hmm. How so? And you look at a person, and you'll talk to them because you know they'll listen and they'll vent with you and they'll agree with you. Yeah. Sometimes. So I know that person where I can put them. But there's certain people you respect in your life because they won't take your crap. Mm-hmm. And you categorize them. You know what I mean? If it's one thing I've tried to work on, like learning from this pastor stuff, is you cannot do that to people. You can't. I mean, uh, okay, you, you compartmentalizing is a little bit different than categorizing. Right? There's certain people that can't handle a workload. No. I'm compartmentalizing that person and what I can give them. It's not that they're bad people. They just can't handle stress. So you got to do that, right? But it's almost like when we, what did I say? Compartmentalizing. That's compartmentalizing. What was the other word I used? I don't remember. Because you weren't even paying attention. Yeah, I was focused on your main <laughs> point. So the main point is this. <laughs> uh, so I think sometimes we 
We put people in boxes at the same time trying to preach not putting people in boxes. Hmm. So the mainstream media says that you're your own person. You don't put yourself in a box. You can do anything you want in this country. But we're the same people on the media side saying, you know, they're conservatives. They're wicked. They're weird people. Put them yeah. in that box. They're liberals. They're, they're, they're wackos. They're in that box. Even if they're an athlete. Let's say they do good works, right? So I know. I'll just use LeBron James. <clears throat> J.J. Watt, you know, some of the bigger name stars that do charity. Dude, LeBron James straight up built a school, and he's guaranteeing college placement. He'll pay for it. That's crazy. You know, all these things. You know I mean? Dude, like tuition, the food, all that stuff. I don't know how he does it. I don't know what he's doing, but that's pretty dang amazing. Now, his that's policies awesome. are very left-leaning, right? Yeah. And all those things. And I'm using left and right because that's what the – that's a, so you'll understand the term, right? <clears throat> so he's very left-leaning in his thing, right? But we compartmentalism just because he's left-leaning. Yeah, we can't he, look at the good and say, man, you know what? Maybe if I just talked with him for a little while, maybe he could see some things that I see. You know, maybe if I just sat and listened to him and had, and we talked about this once before, but I'm trying to bring this to a point that we do this and, and social media does is a great job. We have our friends that we want to look at over here. We'll block some of our friends over here. Mm-hmm. We won't do this over here. We'll do this over here. Right. And social media has done a great job of you won't even know that I blocked you. Yeah. You won't even know that I did this. And so is, is, is social media an influence? We made it an influence. Yeah. Social media has taken place of the throne room. Why are you posting on social media about how valuable you are? That's in the throne room. Let God tell you how valuable you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I boast on others. I never talk about how I'm a king of, you know, child of the king and all that stuff. Who cares, man? I love my wife. I post about my wife. You know why? I want the world to know what kind of woman God blessed me with. I post about my kids. You know why? Because I want to post about how good... And how good hearted and how flawed my kids are, right? So that I'm, because I need help how to be a dad. But we kind of made social media the throne room now. Yeah. We post everything personal on, on a social media page. We make videos about it now, right? So I believe it took place in the prayer room. I think Go. You're right. <laughs> and I think. Agree with me or not. And if yeah. you don't, please comment. But we gave it its power. Yeah. We we really did give it its when, power. When the power's in the secret place, not in public. No. The power's in the secret place, in the throne room, in your closets, the, the hour-long morning conversation you have with God in your car, the worship time you have with your God. That's what matters. Social media does nothing. No. You know what it does? It only creates division. I don't care about haters. Then why are you posting about you don't care about haters? <laughs> You know what I mean? And and everybody tries to put their best foot forward on social media. They they've actually done studies that have shown that people who spend more time on social media are less content about their lives. Yeah. They're, they're less happy and satisfied. I Why? can see because that. Are you going to post pictures from when you're laying on the couch eating Cheetos watching movies? No. Most of the time, no. Every once yeah, in a while, might. like, hey, I'm relaxing. <laughs> yeah, I'm eating ice cream and watching Netflix. You know what I mean? But even then, when you're doing that, you're doing it because you want to show people you're having a good time. Yeah, right. And you're relaxing. Can I say Netflix, Hulu, all these things? Yeah, why not? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Sorry. They'll, they'll tell us to just not use their name. <laughs> we'll say those services. <laughs> yeah, the video services. <laughs> the video services. You video pick. streaming services. Um, to kind of redirect this, so... Social media has that power. Social media has a big influence on all of our lives. It sure does. And now we're witnessing 
social media, it, it's coming out more and more that these major platforms are trying to influence um, political opinion, trying to influence narrative, trying to trying to control algorithms on how stuff shows up in people's lives. And there's there's been evidence that they've done deeper research into how can they start redirecting people's opinions and thoughts to come to a certain conclusion. Right. You know, which is really just right. a leading. So if, if I give you 10 YouTube videos every day and and I know exactly the the points and ideas that are being put in all of those videos over the course of months I can start walking you towards a different idea, right? So let's take something simple. Let's say you're pro-life. So I would choose videos first. There, and, and this is this sounds conspiracy theory. I'm not saying that they're actually implementing this, but if if you wanted to help direct a, an entire society, this is how you could do it. Um, first, I give you videos that are all pro-life, strict pro-life points. Then I start giving you videos that that give one or two good arguments as to why pro-choice might be okay or, or why to think about the nuance of pro-life. Over the next months, years, whatever, I start giving you videos with more pro-choice narrative, right? And I slowly walk you that. Now, is there the material to do that? I don't know. But this idea of, of societal control is something that I think conservatives really fear because they're watching stuff turning against them. You know, they're conservatives are getting banned. They're getting shadow banned, which just means their stuff doesn't show up at all. Um, and you're watching this happen more and more. So you and I have talked a little bit. And my question to you was, we're both free market people, right? We both care very much about government shouldn't <clears throat> be intrusive. Yep. My question to you was, is there a point where the private sector has such a control over narrative and information that the government should step in to help redirect it? Hmm. It's a good question, and I'll start off with no, and you can change me on this, but then that means that they would have had a regulation on the church because of the influence that the church had at the early days. Hmm. Because when the church has what, how many pulpits? Three, four, five hundred thousand pulpits in a country. You know what I mean? Christianity, yeah. it's a lot, right? Yeah. Was there? There's a statistic I use a lot. There's over three hundred thousand Protestant pulpits in the in the country, but only like just under thirty thousand seventh to twelfth grade high schools in America. No. You know, but that little bit percentage is is winning over the kids because the government got involved, telling the church they can't go into public schools while they're promoting public schools. So they, because of regulation, look what it's done. It's controlled its own narrative. Yeah. So then social media becomes gangbusters. Social media now becomes a way for people to express what I said before, too, about it's become place of the room. I'm not saying for everybody, right? Like when I post on it, it's pretty lighthearted or I'm talking about politics or something, right? But I'm talking about when it's complaining and all these things. And we go back to this now. I'm not saying it's for every person. I'm saying it's taking the place of a lot of throne rooms for people. <clears throat> but when the government starts to dictate something that is private, it'll control its own narrative. If the government starts dictating Facebook, social media, all these things, now it'll start to censor the things that they want and deem hateful, loving. Yeah. And we made this point before. Why does the left and the government now 
have the monopoly on, what, on the words love and hate when those are Christ's words. He had the dominance. God has the dominance over love. God wrote an entire chapter about what love is. First Corinthians 13. We read it before, right? And when he talks about hate, he talks about hate so negatively that he calls it murder. If you hate someone in your heart without a cause, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if the government, I believe, gets involved in the private sector, the government will then control the narrative. Social media isn't controlling the narrative. It's the people that they allow. So we, through our immorality, control the narrative. It's yeah, it's it's the culture within those there those go. businesses, those corporations so, that are controlling the narrative. Great, great, great question. So like the the question becomes how how do we counteract that? Because your example of the church, you had, you know, how many pulpits and I'm just picking a number out of thin air, but five hundred thousand pulpits in the US. Who knows? But that's a, a spread out number. We have Seven, eight real social media giants that, I mean, how many users does Facebook have now? Like three billion, four billion? Yeah, it's in the billions yeah. for sure. So you, you have like this tiny handful of platforms that are really effective in, in having outreach. Google, like how many other search engines can you really name? <laughs> I, I asked you about Bing this Dude. morning, and you're like, "What's Bing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but to be honest with you, we've made it a uh, um, cultural now. Just yeah. Google it. Google Movies, it. yeah. In, yeah. In, in shows, we're like, "Yeah, just Google it." You know Google what I mean? It. Uh, it's kind of a thing. It's 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 got its own probably word in the dictionary. You know what yeah. I mean? That's a good point. It's we, so we create that. Yeah. We we create. So so how do we how do we get back to the competitive side of being able to have a free market of competitive ideas. You know what I mean? You got to make something. So Facebook hit a niche. Instagram yeah. hit a niche. Um, the other one. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, Snapchat. The, they hit their own specific niches. Twitter was a great... <clears throat> a lot of people like it. I'm not a fan of it just because I don't know how to really use it. Yeah. I, I post on it, but nobody cares. You know what I mean? Because it's like <laughs> I don't ever use it. Um, but it's like 140 characters. And you know what it is? No matter what she said, it was going to be divisive. Because mm-hmm. you only got 140 characters. That's a, that's a sentence if, you, if yeah. you're lucky. You know what I mean? And when you said something, that's a direct quote from you. Yeah. That's what made it catchy. It, it, and, you know, so, I mean, or, or Snapchat. These short little videos that disappeared. It, it made its own, you know, and it has the bitmojis and the characters. You can do all these little filters. And that's a niche. Instagram kind of adopted that too. It's like it got a niche, right? Where it's little stories. You can't really link in your bio or in your in your posts, but in your bios you can. It's like a, so it's its own little thing. Facebook's become this big, like I said, a Walmart of conglomerate yeah. of things, right? So if if we're gonna stop it, either A, you pray for the influence you got, or B create another thing. And so what that does is it's like you gotta become a Mark Zuckerberg. You gotta become whoever invented Snapchat and, you know, Insta, you know, and all these things. And, and so that's what it takes is if you want to break it or change it, a lot of the times people just get in it so that they can make some quick money, sell it off. You know what I mean? Because they're not in it about changing the culture. They're in it just to get that payday. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when we're in it or it takes us again, Because you get into conscience if you start saying, how do we change it? You start getting into people's consciences. Like some people aren't affected by Facebook. 
because they're on it. You know, so I can't be their conscience, nor will, nor will I be. Um, I personally, the reason I want to get off is because I don't want it to take the place of my conversation. I don't want it to take the place of my throne room. I don't want it to take the place, you know what I mean? My parenting, my, my husbandry. I, you know what I mean? I, I want it to be a place where I can encourage people, which I do, or, or I say a cool quote here and there and, you know, p- post these podcasts and that's our opinions, right? Um, the only way is it's individual. The only way you can change this is individual. Yeah. And we had talked a little bit about, you know, there was a, a conservative broadcaster that I was listening to said that he wants to get a summit together of the whole span of conservatives. You can say his name. Yeah. So so Glenn Beck, which the guy catches a lot of flack, mm-hmm. but especially in the past couple of years, I haven't heard anything from him that's been controversial controversial radical it's it's very much similar to what we talk about like love and dialogue and that's something that he hits hard is love and dialogue and he was he was actually talking to somebody who's a little more like hey if they're gonna punch me i'm gonna punch back and and he took a little bit of the pacifist line with this guy and was like well you know but that's violence begets violence isn't there another way to do this Uh, but he was talking about getting a whole span of of conservatives together for summit and figuring out what to do about it. And one of the ideas is to really start creating your own platforms. Hmm. I mean, that's to me, that's, that's free market enterprise. That's it really, is. that's the basis of capitalism is look, I don't like this. I'm going to create my own, exactly. I'm going to do my own thing. And I think there's, there's value in conservatives getting together and saying, let's start supporting something that really stands behind what we want. Let's start creating something that stands behind what we want. And most of these conservatives are not afraid of having liberal voices on their own platform. Right. They're concerned about their own voice getting shut down. That's what they're concerned about. That's right. That's right. That's right. I think, too, the way the Glenn Becks isn't the popular way. Like, I believe Glenn Beck's way is probably the best way until they start inciting violence on you. Then it becomes to, like, even Martin Luther King, you know, our founders wouldn't have fought had they not been fighting on our territory. Yeah. So it's like, I think there's a time and place where you just got to step up and say, you know. And I agree. I agree. There's a a place for that. There's a balance. He was totally like, if they show violence to you, you don't show violence to them. He very much wanted to take the the nonviolent civil disobedience type of path, which I understand is logic, but I also understand, look, if, if you don't defend yourself at some point, you're, you're a doormat and just secular society wise, you, you're going to get run over. Now that's messy because I'm just thinking about it right now, but I, I agree with you. Like the founders, if, if they hadn't have stood up at some point, there would have been massive massacres of people. And there kind of was. Yeah. I mean, they, they suffered for a while. That's true. Rape, you know, they were pillaging. Yeah, there was, deaths. you know, 1774 was one, one of the first Congresses, you know, the Continental Congress basically were sending their delegates up to, it wasn't even delegates at the time. They were just basically debating independence, you know, yeah. 1774 in Philadelphia. It wasn't until 70, 1776 that they signed, you know, that they declared independence. They ended up signing the Constitution, what, 1791? So, 
there's there, there was a process there. They declared yeah. independence and still went through war. So this was a pro- and even then that was two years before they declared independence. But how long were they suffering with that before? Yeah, because the Declaration of Independence was the voice of grievances of what they were putting up. That's with. exactly it. Yeah. So you know you endure it because no man wants to like. I just want to raise my kids. No. <laughs> Some of the stuff we're talking about today, it's like I'm sure people are like I just want to raise my kids, man. Yeah. I just want to get out of that mess. I don't even want to get on it. I don't want to do that. That's cool. You can't deny the fact that it's an influence. Our kids are on it now. Mm-hmm. How you react is how they will. How do you? Yeah. And the influence isn't going away. That's 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 why I haven't just shunned social media completely. I can't stand it. Like, you know, I'm on Facebook maybe once a week, if that. If that. Right? Because I can't stand it. But I haven't gotten rid of it because I know this... This type of influence isn't going away in people's lives. So we can either say, well, I just want to raise my kids, which means other people will be raising my kids for me. True. Right? So, and then too, like now we actually have a purpose to be on social media. So, yeah. like with the podcasts and having a ministry, right? Yeah. Preaching, you know, I was just in Ohio, all that stuff and posting about it and stuff. I think we, we have a reason now to be on a, on, a, on a social media platform is to share these podcasts and to talk about it and to talk about real issues, like not to shy away from them. Um, there's so many issues, guys, we want to discuss on this podcast. <clears throat> there's so many issues that we want to discuss on this podcast, like education. You know, is it good? Is it not? You know what I mean? And again, a lot of this is up to you. It's your decision, right? We're just going to give you the variables. We're going to give you the, the, the upside and the downside, you know, of what education is. Yeah. We were just talking about current events, you know, like we can always talk about current events. Those never go away, right? Because they're current, mm-hmm. right? Um, we want to talk about business, uh, capitalism, socialism, Leninism, Marxism, and the isms individually. You know, why has socialism become so prevalent as a talking point nowadays? Dude, 40 years ago, it was like shunned to talk about communism. Communism was like, McCarthy, dude, like, no, he wants yeah. to, you know, so it wasn't even like talked about. You did just, it just wasn't brought up because we're a republic. Yeah. We're was, a republic. Socialism doesn't work in a republic mm-hmm. unless you take it away from God. Then it becomes a democracy, which in case great, then it becomes socialism. You know? Yeah. yeah. So there's so many topics we want to discuss. The bottom line is every topic we discuss, guys, Mike, I'll just say it. You know, every topic we discuss is how do we handle ourselves as Christians in the midst of it? Exactly. How do we be the light? How can I be, even if a guy comes in, like I'd love to see Dr. Umar in here. You know what I mean? The, the black dude, he's yeah. like super smart. He'd blow me away in a debate. I know that. But doesn't it get the heart of Jesus? How do I get to that guy? So he's got all these great points, dude. Like, and he's pretty like firm on his stances. Like he like, he whooped this woman who was like standing for LGBT rights. Cause I don't think he's for the LGBT movement. I, I'm not, I think that's where he stands. I'm, don't quote me. Don't say, all right, you know, it's not, not that I'm just saying, I think, and he like basically told her the gay struggle is not the same as the white struggle. The, he said behavior is not. Struggle? Yeah. He's like the, 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 the black struggle is, is not a choice. It's what we're born into. Yours is a behavior. I mean, he was like pretty, st- he was staunch on her, you know? So, yeah. I mean, but I'd like to have him here because there are some things that he talks about. I don't, I don't know if he believes in the Lord, um, but government and all that stuff and like how America is, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, cool, point out the ills. But what? Yeah. Black people need to stand up. Okay, well, that's it. So why not include? So you're saying black people need to stand up. Sure. I'm not denying that. They probably do. You know, because they, they, I'm, not, I'm not in their situation. Mm. I don't know what they should do. You know what I mean? 
But it, what? But where's the unity of it? Yeah. Where's the people? And just because you're not in that situation doesn't mean you can't have an opinion no, I, about it. I know? just won't have an opinion on it personally because I'm, you know, it's not something I think about all the time. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about suicides and I'm thinking about, every one of us has a burden. I like, you know, I love the mission trips. There's, you know, James Project of Latin America in Guatemala. If you guys ever get a chance, go on there. James Project of Latin America. It's jpla.org, I believe. Um, I've been there so many times. You know, it's a, little, uh, it's a, it's a children's home. You know, they don't call it orphanage because it's the kids, you know, it's kind of a demeaning term, yeah. but it's a children's home, you know, and they take on all these, these youth and, you know, abandonment and all these other things. I love it there. You know, I mean, it's such a great place. So we all have a burden. We all, you know, I have a burden for America. I have a burden for the church. I have a burden for discipling souls. I have a burden for, you know, suicides. I have a burden for that, you know, orphanage, you know, yeah. oh, sorry, children's home. Um, and, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. It's just like we all have a burden, but all of my burdens correlate unity. Yeah. I want to involve everybody in the struggle here to fix these issues. I think because the burden is, and the burden is the important part because that's what is the passion that drives you. So when we have different people on from diverse thoughts, um, you're getting the burdens. The burdens are going to come out as you talk to these people. What's, what's on their heart, whether it's, it's, the black community, whether it's the the atheist community, whether it's the Christian community, whatever, these burdens are going to come out. And so then the, the goal is to bring unity. Now, our goal is firm in the foundation of Christ, and we hold true to that. So we're not going to forsake Christ in order to get a social goal done. But how can we strengthen our foundation in Christ in order to be able to get that social goal done, right? And I think your thoughts on burdens is really important because we each have this unique burden, which Christ created the body to have different parts to be able to do different things. Not everybody prophesies, not everybody heals, not everybody teaches, not everybody pastors. Everybody's got their thing. And then when there's unity in the body, a lot gets done. And what does the Bible say about those gifts? It's, to, it's for the edification of the saints. Yeah. It's for correction and instruction. That's what it's for. It's for the edification of the saints. Mm-hmm. Our gifts are never meant to tear each other down. No. You know, not, not bring disunity, right? Calling out an error is one thing. But calling out an error to bring the unity is another saying saying there's racism is pointing out an error saying where's where's the love of christ we need to exude the love of christ because of this racism issue there's the answer how do we do that here's the real question so the last four weeks it's all been about character yeah analyze yourselves guys because i do it all the time are you willing to change to conform to the character of Christ? Hmm. People love complaints, dude. I can't stand them. I hate it. You know me. I talk about all I can't stand hangnail problems. I can't stand. Your complaints mean nothing if there's no solution. Nothing. You know what it is? You're too weak to think for yourself. That's just my opinion. That I sound like a jerk. I know I sound like a jerk. Please correct me. If you want to, that's totally okay. You're too weak to think. 
You're too weak to go to the throne room. You're too weak to go to your neighbor. You're too weak to go confront the issue. You're too weak to have forgiveness. Jesus Christ empowers me to forgive others. My pride weakens me to be weak. You think you're strong for holding grudges against your neighbor? It's actually Mm. weak. Yeah. Christ empowers me to have the strength to walk in his ways and his holiness. God empowers me to walk in strength and joy and happiness. God empowers me to give encouraging words to my brother, not negativity. God empowers me to make sure that I'm a better friend, a better husband, a better father. God empowers me to be a better citizen in society because he gave me this property. He gave me this land. He said, occupy till I calm. He said in John, right? My duty is to take my talents and not bury them, but to grow them. That not to be weak. So when you're, so when you're going through sin, I can't stand that person. Well, dude, you can let pride run your life, but you're weak. You have no power. You have no power. You won't, right? And all you're doing is conforming to the world against the very man, the, the, against the very commandments that Jesus told you not to do. You are basically destroying the name of the Lord in your pride. Hmm. That's what you do. I, I feel social media does it. We do it all the time. We have all these grudges, and, <clears throat> and then we fall into temptations. We fall into stupid things we shouldn't fall into. Right. We fall into uh, how to nitpick each other instead of how to lift each other. Got to complain about your brother. Tell him. If you see he's not wrong, what the heck you mad at? Scripturally. Yeah. And if he's still wrong, he doesn't want to listen to you. Deuces. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like th- this isn't I, I think I fear we ourselves don't want to conform to the standard that Jesus Christ told us to conform to. You yeah. know why? Because it's hard. You need to submit and die to yourself. That is a very hard place to be for all of us. I don't like it. Honestly, when the Bible says set your affection on things above, man, sometimes I just want to loaf on a couch, man. And that's just not me. That's not what God made me to be. You know, he made you to be different. He made you to, you just said it, man. Like, uh, uh, how do I put it? Look, look at, uh, look at the band that, that I'm in here, the church band, right? I direct it, but I don't have the burden the sound guy does. There's a sound guy downstairs right now trying to fix all the wires on there. I'm like, hmm, I don't even know what you're looking at, but what a burden. He's taking it on a Saturday, a day off that he's, he's doing, you know, stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> My burden is making sure everybody plays right, right? Praying for people, hopefully. I always remember to pray for them and make sure that they're in prayer themselves and all these other things, right? But we all play a different function. Our worship leader, she handles all the music, make sure that we're, you know what I mean? She's leading us in that direction, right? We have our players. Hopefully they're at home practicing, you know what I mean? And taking on their mental. See the differences and burdens? I can't force the guitar players to do anything. I can't force my singer, you know, the, the, the worship leader to do this or whatever. She can't force me, right? But if there's an issue, you confront it. If that doesn't want to get resolved, then maybe you're not a fit here. But if the body works together, what a beautiful symphony. Huh. So w- you used the example of the talents. Mm-hmm. And that was running through my head right before you said it. That's cool. Um, I, and so That's why you were thank smiling. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. God yeah, is good. Dude, God is good. God is good. Um, so for those of you who don't know the parable of the talents, so Christ tells this parable, and he talks about you've got three guys. One of them gets 10 talents, which is a, a denomination of money. Think of it, I don't remember, it's like a day's wage or something, isn't it? But either way, let's use dollars if that's easier. So one guy gets $10,000, another guy gets $5,000, another guy gets $1,000. Guy with 10000 goes out, and he uses the money to his advantage, and he earns his master $10,000 more. Because a lot of times, 
Masters would give money to the servants. Servants would be stewards of it and take care of it and and try to grow. In other it. words, Chick Fil A, manager. right? Chick Fil A owns all the Chick Fil A's, but they yeah. have these entrusted managers to grow the business. They give them the, the things that they need, all these other stuff. Grow exactly. the thing, exactly, right? So, so the guy with five thousand goes out and he earns five thousand more. Guy with one thousand says, "Well, I'm just going to put it in a hole. That way, I won't lose anything." And so the master comes back and he sees a guy who had ten thousand earns ten thousand more. He says, "Awesome." Going to put you in charge of more stuff. Sees a guy with 5,000, you're in 5,000 more. Awesome. Going to put you in charge of stuff. Looks at the guy who buried his 1,000. Says, why'd you bury it? You could at least put it in the bank and it would earn me some interest. Well, I thought you were a hard, demanding master who reaped where you don't sow, right? And the master corrects him, basically backhands him for it, you know, verbally, and says, if I'm so hard and cruel, right, then shouldn't you have done something different with this money? And the reason I'm bringing that up, and I'm glad you brought it up, is if we've got a burden, God's given us a burden. God's given us a passion. So what can we do with that burden or passion? We started this podcast because we had a passion for and have conversation a passion. and have a passion for, for getting our thoughts and ideas out to people so that people can mull them and people can can grow in Christ and it, learn how to interact in their day-to-day world. Um, so if your passion, your burden is for the plight of the black community, okay. So let's get Christ involved. Let's get Christ in the middle of it and go out and do what you feel called to do to help the black community or the white community. If you've got a burden for the white community, I know that's going to sound bad, but hey, White community's got its problems. Tons. They've got their issues. Tons. Right? If your burden is for culture, for liberty, boy, that's our burden, right? Keeping liberty, keeping freedom. I think keeping the republic. You can you can use those passions to further Christ. I think too, the other thing people are afraid of is not just So there's a lot in what we're saying, right? Yeah. But I think one of the big things that they're afraid of too is that <clears throat> taking on a burden means work. And I think people are afraid to fail. Yeah. You can't absolutely. be, you, you, you can't, you cannot be afraid to fail. Back, going back to the parable of the talents. You can't, you, you go out, you take a shot. I invested in some things and they fell through. I invested 900 bucks in something. It's worth 90 <laughs> bucks right now. I was just telling Mike that I was like, that was harder. 900 bucks. You know what he reminded me of today? Guys, he looked at me and he said, you remember when you told me, Hey, if I lose it, I lose it. I'm taking a chance. I lost. I lost. Hey, more's the pity, man. It sucks, but I lost, right? But I, I took a chance. I took a chance. And I'm just using me as an example, right? I have failed over and over and over again. Like Jordan said, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, he said, but I succeeded. I believe we succeeded because we kept failing. We learned from the mistakes. <clears throat> you know, I, we have a ministry of traveling. It's growing. We have a Dude, we have a podcast now. <laughs> you know, we have a podcast. We got yeah. stuff here. We get to, dude, see, people care about what I say yeah. and what you say. I don't care if you care what we say, but hey, we're saying it. You hey. know what I mean? I don't care, yeah. but we're investing our talents. I can't travel as much as I used to because I pastor now, but hey, you know what? Why don't we use the podcast as a way I can go every single week t- talking about a story, talking about something new. And I'm and some of these shows I'm just going to do all the messages I do and just yeah. just have it as a have it as a message. We'll talk about the pursuit of happiness and all that stuff. <clears throat> or, 
I invested my talents. I'm a really good talker, right? So I started doing sales for another company last year. Made a little bit of money, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't wasn't I'm not I'm not a good salesman, I'm just a good talker, but I hate sales because I feel like I have to manipulate people. That's yeah, just me though, it, right? So it's just not not my wheelhouse. Or, you know, not now pastoring. Hey man, I have a passion for people. I want them to be discipled. I want them to be listened to. I want them to be loved when they come to church. Well, I turned into pastoring. I didn't ask for that. It just happened. The more that I started to reach people and care about people, the more I started to give my heart, the more God started to open the doors. But you know what happened the first five, six years of that? Nothing. Nothing. You were there. You experienced it with us the first couple years of the ministry. How many times did I call you? This is stupid. Why did I do this? And then all of a sudden I come back from a trip. I'd be like, dude, I'm so stupid. Why did I say that to the Lord? I I love serving, man. So awesome. All these people got saved. And look at this. God provided this. And all of a sudden, literally two weeks later, right? We're in a pinch again. "Ah, I hate ministry. Why am I doing this? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I learned something. Either you trust God or shut up. Either you trust him or you don't. Right? Mm -hmm. I have to learn to trust him. And that's hard to do. That's hard to do. It's not easy. You're going to fail. Failure is not failing. Giving up is failing. Hmm. Not counting the cost is failure. Good point. You going through the ringer, dude, I I can promise you when I say, hey, we're going to build this house for 250,000 bucks. I bought all this stuff. I got all the labor. I got all this. You think you're going to smash your thumb with a hammer once in a while? Yeah. You think you're going to break something you shouldn't have broke? You think your saws are going to always work? You think your hammers aren't going to get lost? You think you're going to have a crew coming in and out that are going to you know, smack you in the face on the way out. You think you ain't going to have problems. You think you're going to have arguments on the workforce. It's not those things. You know, what grows you is if you learn from those mistakes to build the next house, Yeah. but at least you finish the house. Yeah. You set out to do the house, do the house, grow in the process. So the next time you build the next house, you're going to look through, look at through, through a whole different lens. You're not going to do the same mistakes you did before. You're going to figure out what worked and what didn't, how I need to communicate with people. Do you guys get where I'm going? Right. Whether it's it's marriage, relationships, families, ministry, jobs. Right. That's what matters. That's what matters is can you grow and submit yourself to that? Right. And I think people are afraid of failure. I'm here to tell you, man, name a story in the word where man didn't fail, but God always prevailed. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a good tagline. Man failed, but God always prevailed. Right. Amen. There, that should be another Stephen Furtick, right? <laughs> Those little stupid taglines that they yep. use in their churches, yep. right? <laughs> Man failed, but God prevailed. You know what I mean? Like, seriously. Yeah. Se- hallelujah. But seriously, like, how do I say this? A lot of you have met me. There is nothing special about this guy. <laughs> Honestly, dude, and I, I love that people are so happy when I speak and preach, and they love that I tell the truth. They love that I love people. I hear that a lot. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. That, you know, how you love people and how you care. You know, even you answer a phone call no matter what and all these other things, right? There's literally nothing special about me, dude. Not a thing. Matter of fact, we, didn't we just talk about it on the way here? I don't know if I'm cut out to be a leader. No. I said it, dude. Yeah, you did. We were crossing the bridge here yep. in the Stewart. And I said it out of my own mouth. I don't know if I'm cut out to be a leader. I can't handle this sometimes. I can't handle all the stuff that comes at me. But you know what? I don't stop. I, I can't. I, I just want, I, I, by the grace of God, can't stop. You know, there's nothing special about me. I don't have a look. I don't have a niche. I don't have anything like that. I just keep trying to help people learn the truth. That's all. And, and you, you do your best to learn from 
mistakes and failure. And Dude. That, that's what... Accountability, right? Yeah. And I think about when you have a failure, you know, you're talking about building the house, automatically guaranteed things are going to go wrong. Yep. You're, you're going to have material that's not there, rainy days. You're going to have stuff that breaks. You're going to have things that are put together wrong, all these issues. And how often, you know, and, and this is going to convict both of us on this, how often do we get mad as soon as the, the problem happens? Stupid, isn't the it? failure, right? So <laughs> a little bit earlier, I was downstairs. I grabbed some food, and, and the doors were locked, and I'm trying to call you, and I realized... Oh wait, his phone's on silent, sitting on the <laughs> tripod. Right? It's like there's no way he's going to know I'm outside. So I could have gone two ways. I could have said, "This is crap. Why isn't he paying attention to his phone? Where is he? He needs to come down. What am I going to do? I'm just going to go home." Or okay, I got to figure out a way to get his attention. So what do I do? I end up grabbing pennies and throwing them at your window until you look out the window, right? Yep. But it I'm like, worked. what was that? You know, was that a bird? And it happened again. I'm like, oh, crap, Mike. And I kept missing at first. Like, I kept hitting the wall next to the window. I'm like, I only have four pennies. I can't lose these. And, but if we get back up after the failure... We can learn something from it. That's exactly it. And if we trust the Lord that, look, the Lord's going to do what he needs to do, and the Lord's got me, we can learn from that failure. We can get over the anger, and we can go, no, there's a solution to this. Totally. There's something that that can solve this problem. There's there's something that can take another step. And it's the anger. It's the the frustration. It's the the myopic view that limits us and keeps us. Because we stop putting our faith in God. We, we go, you can't handle this. This failed. So now I'm just going to be mad because there's obviously no solution. You're not going to help me out. Right. 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 I think, too, like it's, it's focusing on the eternal, not the temporal. <clears throat> so there's a, I, I was last Wednesday, I took this young kid out for ice cream because he came to the youth group and I said I would. And I was talking to him and he said, I'm thinking about going to the military, but I don't know if I can do it. I'm pretty scrawny, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I said, well, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. Harris, you know, uh, uh, Ford said that. Henry Ford said that. I was about to say Harrison Ford. <laughs> 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 the dude from the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark? No, no. Um, yeah, he, Henry Ford said that. And he said, huh. I mean, like, it was a light bulb for him. Like, no. whether I think I can or I can't, I'm right. Light bulb. You know, whether you can trust God or not, you're right. You know, if you trust God, he'll get you through it. If you don't trust God, you ain't going to get through it. You're right. He won't do it. He won't do it. He won't do it. You're right. Because you don't trust him. That's right. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we don't realize that we're supposed to ask the Lord. We just think he's going to do it. Right. He's he's on autopilot. Right. But there, there's so much more of a relationship with God to where we can sit down and ask. Right. And we, we can see, seek him for the answer. It doesn't mean we don't have to do something. Right. We could have said, Lord, we really want a podcast. We really we really want to do a podcast. But if we didn't walk and buy the stuff and set the stuff up and start doing the podcast, God's. <laughs> He's not going to magically pull the words out of our mouths and throw them on the computer screen and throw this it is up. Good. You know? This is good. I'm glad we're talking about this. No, so. this is a good, this is a really good topic. I'm glad we're talking about this. 
um, because you just said, right, we had the idea for the podcast, what, two years ago? Yeah. When you came into town, we we're like, we yeah. should do a podcast. But it just wasn't the right timing. We were going to do it. We kind of yeah. had the equipment. We were like, okay, but... You we were, even tried one. We, we did. We did try. And we yeah. were still pretty green at like what we were trying to... Fu- Self-evident was so brand new. We didn't yeah. even have our legs under us. I was I was in a bad place in my mental state. Um, and, and I'm not talking about like suicidal or anything, not, nothing like crappy, but just uh, learning Christ, learning the faith walk on my own again. You know what I mean? After yeah. being in a ministry before that, being in another ministry now, having our own. So it was there was no sure footing. It was like, okay, I got to learn God here. Uh, what is it? Now we're doing it this year, right? So, yeah. But here's the difference. Some of you out there have heard a vision from God, and yet you're paralyzed. You will not go through it. You know hmm. what the difference between us and that situation is? I was still traveling and touring and speaking. I was still ministering to people. I was still doing and doing and doing and doing. Yeah. I was still being faithful to the first vision he gave me. Was the podcast wrong? No, it was just the wrong timing. Yeah. But there was vision there. Dude, I have vision. If Can I be share it? I have vision for self-evident to have international speakers. I have four, in my mind, four or five speakers going all over this country doing exactly what self-evident does, mm-hmm. not just me. That's a vision, right? That's a five-year vision. That's down the road, right? Yeah. But I see it happening. Same thing with a podcast. But I have not stopped speaking. I have not stopped preaching. I have not stopped pastoring now. I have not stopped being a husband. I have not stopped being a, you know, a, a, a dad. I have not, none of that stuff. I still continued in the path that I'm plowing. Yeah. And I still pray into that situation. It's like, Lord, I really believe a podcast was right. Yeah. Right. And we put it on the shelf. It's okay. We put it on the shelf. Now that it's time to do it, we did it. Right. Whereas other people, and I've been guilty of this before, we have the vision. We don't walk it out because we're afraid. We become paralyzed. And then we sit at our dead end jobs or we sit at our places we know we're not supposed to be at. And we're complaining all the time. God, why won't you get me out of the situation? I told you two years ago what to do. And you wouldn't take the steps to do it. I was still continuing to take steps into the direction we're at now. Yeah. Right. Through the failures and the processes, we still walked. We still stepped out in faith, buying this stuff, stepped out in faith. We didn't, we put a crowdfunding thing out there. We didn't get a dime. So we've spent our own money on it. So what? You know, I don't care about people's money. Yeah. Yeah. It costs us, right? It costs dollars. But so what? We did it. You know, we're in the position that we can do that. God totally opened that door for us, right? We're in that, we're in a great uh, position in, in that, in that regard. But the podcast still takes time, money, uh, resources, all these things. So there's the difference. And I kind of want you to bounce with me on yeah, this one. And that's, that's you, know, you look at how Melissa and I came down, mm-hmm. um, right? We, we came down and we, all of us felt that something was supposed to take place for us together for this ministry. And it's been a rough go since we got down here, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> to it, say it's the been least, a bit yeah. of a rough go. And I'm working a job now that is bringing home a paycheck. I enjoy my job. I know it's not the calling on my life, but I know that the calling hasn't fulfilled yet. So meanwhile, I'm taking the steps to do what I need to do while I'm waiting. I think often we go... There's a witness when you're talking right now, dude. This is good. Like when we're waiting, it doesn't mean we're sitting. How often do people look at it and they go, oh, well, I'm supposed to be in ministry, just not right now. So they're not doing anything. That's right. So, right? Or when they say, man, God's got this calling on my life, so I'm just going to give up everything so I can sit here and wait till he puts yeah. me in the right direction. Yeah. That's not right. That's not yeah. right. You move. 
yeah. and he meets you. Which we we struggled with of like, okay, how do how does this work? How does it fit? You know, and and I oh, sat, we failed. We yeah, probably failed we, three, four times. Absolutely, and and I sat, you know, at certain points because I thought, okay, this is it. This is you know, and there there were senses of stepping forward and then senses of stalling and that kind of thing. I finally looked at Melissa. And I was just like, I I can't do this. I and and I believe it was the right decision of saying, look, I can't do this right now. We we have stuff that we have to do, bill wise, mortgage wise, like. Once the money comes in, or once God really opens that door, then yeah, I'll walk through it. But you know the beautiful thing: we've we're doing the podcast, and this has been even numbers aside. This has been one of the most successful projects we've done. At least that's how I feel. Because there's a flow. Yeah. It's like there's no stress involved in it. No. There's no. We put our own stresses like, hey, we need to do this or this or this and create graphics. But I'm just adding to what you're saying because I want you yeah. to keep talking. There's, it's because there's no stress. There's no like, man, we have to. We have to. Dude, it's like I look forward to coming in on yeah. a Saturday or a Friday and doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's such a there's such a flow in it, and and like we it's effortless for us. That's God opening the door. And dude, yeah. you're, there's life in you. It's your burden. It's yeah. this is your baby. This is what you wanted to do. Because like I'm just kind of a talker, you know what I mean? And you're, this is kind of your project, but dude, it's like the fact, but look at how God worked it out too. The fact that there's a vehicle for, for us to push this. Yeah, exactly. We're, we weren't just complaining. We, cause we, you and I, what we go out once, twice a month, right to a restaurant late at night. Yeah. And we just talk about things, problems in the world. We did that while we were doing, while we were going on <laughs> preaching, while we were going on, yeah. while you were still working. What You know what I mean? So yeah. we weren't just complaining. Like, we wouldn't have started this podcast had we not had a vehicle. Who would listen to us? Nobody knows us. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we have a vehicle where people actually listen. That's a good point. Right. So good God point. set it up the whole way through. You know what I mean? And, and this is now your burden. You finally found a passion. Yeah. Whereas in the other times that we tried it, there was really no, you couldn't, you couldn't find your sure footing here. It's like, found it. This yeah. is it. This is what I'm doing now. You and, know what I mean? And that's, you're right. It, it really dropped on the podcast. Like, and you know, Melissa definitely noticed it in me. She's like, you have to do this. You have to do this. You're, you're born to do this type of stuff. Um, and not that the public speaking isn't a passion of mine. It is. But looking back, like I'm sure you would agree, like it, it kind of felt we were trying to force the peg into the hole. You know, now I think the, the homeschool convention, which, you know, I think there were there were some cool doors that opened. And I think those were signs of, of some future stuff down the road. But this this is cool because this is, you know, and, and I'm speaking to you guys about my personal story with this because I want everybody to understand, look, you've got a passion, you've got a burden, going back to that. God's God's going to walk you into it as long as you're willing to do it. If you're not willing to do it, he's not going to walk you into it. At least I don't believe that. No. Like he's he's not going to force you into doing something that you don't want to do. But I believe too, his, his, his plan, he'll always get his plan done. Yeah. But if you don't want to get involved if in you it, don't want to he'll, do it, he'll figure it out. He'll, he'll I mean, find somebody else. He'll, he'll find somebody, and he will. And, and, and I don't want to be overpassed by that. And I believe I've let situations go because of that. I've yeah. let situations in my life go. Uh, I'm sorry, I was kind of pulled away from the mic a little bit. But I, I let situations go in my life because of that. And uh, <clears throat> it wasn't right to do. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, yeah, we were trying to force these things to, to, to happen. 
even now thinking back, I'm like, and, and, dude, and why we're saying all this is because we want you to sh- like show you our struggles, man. We yeah. struggled the same way all did, had the same questions, had the same fears, doubts, worries, all that stuff. And, but we still did it. Like even against people saying like, I, I mean, how many times did I tell you, man, my mom and other people, you know, that would, and I'm just singling people out, but it's yeah. true. Like, oh, dude, you should really reevaluate this. Are you sure you call to this? You know, you sure you can handle it? You sure you can do it? It's like, no, <laughs> not sure at all. But you know what I mean? Like it, it, we did it. And I had so many people that believed in us. Yeah. Like when they would hear us preach once, bro, why aren't you on a national scale? I'm like, cause I don't give a crap. I don't care if I preach to five people, 10 people, 20 people, hundred people, 500 people. I care about the message. I care about those 15 kids that were in a circle last week in Ohio on a Saturday night. And the Lord got to pour into them and pray with them, encourage them, and and give a prophetic word to them. I care about that. Yeah. Me speaking in front of ten thousand people talking about problems in this world doesn't impress me. No. Could care less, actually. You know what I was? You know what else I'm impressed by? What really gets me is when I'm in a church of twenty people, and the pastor's weeping because he knows when I'm and I was preaching to him, and I remember I said to him. Can't wait till five churches in this area get together, which is your heart, isn't it? He just broke. He said, and I said to absolve the, the opioid crisis <laughs> to get rid of hunger here in this county and change this county because I believe God wants to do it. And you're, you're the right guy for the job. And he's weeping. I care about that because yeah. what could happen if that guy did it? Yeah. Like, that's my passion. I want to get rid of the opioid crisis and the poor and all this other stuff, but I cannot physically do it. But we have churches looking for their calling right now and people looking for their calling. It's not a bad thing. They're looking for it. They're just like me when it was five years ago. What the heck am I going to do now with my life? Dude, like we, we all have something we can contribute to this thing. The, 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 the mind of Christ is so limitless. It's vast. There's so many different ideas we could do. It's like, what do we do about Facebook? Well, create your own stinking Facebook. Don't make it cheesy, though. <laughs> like, we need to get into the movie industry as Christians. But then you make these cheesy movies that nobody wants to watch. You know what oh, I mean? Now, goodness. I'm glad, like, rap music, rock music, and all this stuff, like, from yeah. Christian side is killer now, man. Like They're, they're, they're coming out with some bro, good stuff. Like, seriously, finally. man. Finally. Like, we're, we, I mean, and it's real deep stuff. It ain't Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's not that. Yeah. It's real life problems that Jesus pulled you out of. Yeah. And how can we get Jesus? Like, Jesus has become us, not us becoming this little project. It's not us, well, I can't say this about this or this about that. No, it's in me. It's just a part of me. I don't need to keep wearing my what would Jesus do bracelet. It's just in me. Jesus is a part of my life. Whether I constantly yell his name or not, everything that I do is because of his influence. Everything I do, right? So if you have that mindset and you have a ministry in your heart and you have something that you want to go after, Mike, you did it. You jumped out. Was it easy? Heck no. Was it easy for us? No. Was it easy for Jake to start with help with IOTC? No. Was it easy for, you know, I'm sure Billy Graham to travel on his own and miss his kids? No. You know, but dude, change the world. Martin Luther King, they started an entire boycott, dude. And he was even saying, I don't know if I'm the right guy for the job. And they picked him anyways. And dude, he died for the cause that he believed he was supposed to fight. He finally found his niche as a preacher. And dude, I can promise you, he said the same thing we all saying. I don't know if I'm worthy to do it. <laughs> okay, cool. You're not worthy to do it. But God chose you to do it. Mm-hmm. You're not worthy. I think the number one, one of the number one issues we have as Christians, we try to make ourselves worthy of the calling of God. Realize that now you're not. You're just not. He is, though. Yeah. And you just have to make yourself available. He will Done. make you capable. 
Yeah, we talked about that one one time a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, or whatever at Refuge, which is our young adult group. And Dominic, you know, I was I was praying silently, Lord, I'm I'm not capable of this because Dominic did so well of preaching, they did beautiful, right? He did. That, just, wasn't he doing the orphan spirit thing? Yeah, exactly. And and I'm just praying like, Lord, I'm not capable. I can't. <laughs> I can't do this. And Dominic got a word from the Spirit, and Dominic comes up. I hadn't said anything to anybody. My head was down. My eyes were closed. And he comes up beside me and says, I feel like the Spirit just wants you to know that you are more than capable. You can do it. It's like, okay, God, <laughs> you've, you've got my number here. And I think a lot of times people go, I'm not worthy, therefore I'm not capable, therefore I'm not available. No, get available. God will make you capable. And I'm preaching myself right now. God will make you capable to do what you need to do. And I don't care if it's Martin Luther King Jr. or it's Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo. Some of the most beautiful artworks in the world are influenced by God, by the Son of God, by a man who says God is his friend, man after his own heart, right? The statue of David, one of the most beautiful statues in the world. Right? And you were bringing up music. Why can't we create beautiful pieces of artwork that honor and uplift God? Satan doesn't have a hold on music or art or, or, art or movies. God does. That's right. God's the author of creation. So let's start creating. Let's start having fun with this. If you're an artist, if you're a musician, if you're a storyteller, do your best and honor God with it. Be creative. You don't have to draw a cross in every single picture. <laughs> That's kind of the point. That's kind of the point. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you nailed it. I think um, you really hit me with that, that you're more than capable. You... you Everybody within the earshot of this, <clears throat> if you weren't capable, why do you have the burden? Yeah. Why does God put it on your heart? You know what I mean? Like, why Why would God... Listen, if you're not capable through the Spirit of the Lord to do what He's called you to do, well, then why would you get saved? I don't believe in the God... Dude, I'm just going to say it. I don't believe in the God that doesn't transform. And if you want to stay where you're at, cool, man. It's on you. I'm not saying you ain't saved, but I'm saying this, man. Jesus Christ came to transform lives and souls. He came to rejuvenate the spirit, the, the our spirit with him. He came to, you know what I mean, reign in us, then we might be able to reign in this world, right? And in the world to come, in, in, into, the, into the heavens. <clears throat> I just, if people could see the guys like Martin Luther and John Knox and Martin Luther King and Michelangelo, all these guys that were Christian men, you know, all these guys that they didn't have time to compare themselves to other people. They just did what God called them to do. And now in this generation, in these kinds of times, we're comparing ourselves to other ministries to, to, to measure our successes. Um, I'm not comparing myself to Martin Luther King. You know what I'm comparing myself to about him is, is the cause that he fought with all of his heart worth it? Yeah. Is mine? Absolutely. I believe God put, put us on this planet for that reason, and we're going to continue to walk it out. 
Um, but I can't compare myself to Martin Luther. I may never write a 95 thesis and change the landscape of religion forever. You know, I may never boycott a bus station, yeah. you know, and have Rosa Parks and, and you know, do marches. You know, I, I don't know. I may never do that. But he changed the world. You know what I mean? It changed the course of how we look at politics in this country. Dude changed it. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to change, but I know souls are the big thing for me. After that, it's discipleship in the country and all that other stuff. I just hope that we're not too busy and caught up trying to compare ourselves to other people. Mm. And God's compare yourself to God. God is your standard. If God is your all in all, you don't have to compare. You're his and he's yours. He's in you. Your body's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life. The Bible says in Romans eight, because of righteousness, the spirit is life. There's a law of the spirit of death and the law of the spirit of life. Which one runs you? And you know what law is a ruler. It controls you, the law, what you're conforming to. Conform to the spirit of life. When you have life, you don't have time to turn around because that's death. Yeah. Right? Amen? Amen. And I think you're absolutely right with pointing out that you don't have to be Martin Luther King Jr. No, dude. You can be somebody who runs a children's home. Yeah. In Guatemala. Brian and Tiffany Applegate, they're the best people in the world. Them and Mandy and Matt Wilson from Canada. Changing lives. Changing man. people, dude. Now, they, they'll probably never be in global news. They'll probably never be in textbooks telling history. But they fulfilled their calling and they changed lives, which changes generations. There's, if I can say something, those two couples... Every time I preach, I think about those guys, too. Because they have families, man. They, they gave up their countries. They gave up everything <clears throat> to do this children's home. Look, man, I don't... And they know I'm not boasting in them, but... <clears throat> they get up almost every day, man, and they figure out what God's plan is for that day, and they just keep trudging. Through all of its problems, man, they keep going. They keep going. So dang inspiring. I just, matter of fact, we're going to put the link in the description below to support them. Yep. JPLA.org. And, and, and I really, <clears throat> something about missions, man, that like gets to you. It's like, man, I'm not doing enough for God. It's got, these guys are in a foreign country, man. They gave up everything, dude. Like, and they're, they're kids, you know, like they're, they're willing to go and it's not always easy for them. You know, they want to have their friends back at home and, you know, but their kids have learned to conform to it. I mean, ah, dude, I could tell you stories of like how awesome these kids are, you know, and all that stuff. But just, I look at them as examples in the faith and do they mess up? Yeah, they'll tell you, they'll tell you everything, man. They ain't afraid to tell you, Right. But they still keep striving for more. They still keep, dude, and it's growing. I mean, dude, they get to feed, they, like, they have their own crops now. Really? Um, yeah, they have their own crops. They have their, like, they, they have one of the buildings that's solar powered now. You know what I mean? Because it's, they have an aquaponic system where they're fish, they're growing fish in there now. That's cool. Yeah, dude, they, they have, I mean, just so many cool things that have happened. Their school now, they, they, I don't even know what the tally's up to now. These kids that are going to college, 
the, the first six, when I was there, the first six, they never even had a chance. And JPLA's paying for it, you know what I mean, to get, let them go to college. I mean, they never had that before those guys came. The vision that they carry, you know what I mean? They want to expand it, get more land, you know, put more houses in there for the kids. You just can't deny, man, what God's doing in their life and just so dang proud of them. And I wish they knew that, you know, because we don't talk very often, and I want to more, but um, just with the busyness of life and all. But um, just want to honor them. So you'll see the description and link below. But let it inspire you to do what God's called you to do. It may never be a children's home. It may not be a podcast, a ministry. Dude, again, it could be anything. But if it's yeah. a burden, go do it because that's your ministry. You know, an unsung hero that I want to lift up is actually my wife, which, you know, as a husband, people think, oh, well, you have to. But, dude, I admire the fact that she has gone around to every one of our neighbors to drop off cookies or muffins or whatever. Like, she she built instantly in one day three or four relationships that have really grown. And I'm not the type of guy to do that. Just not. I'm like most people, like, let me mow my lawn and you stay in your lawn and we'll say hi to each other from across mm. the yard. Dude, she's like... She's bringing water out to the neighbor while he's mowing the lawn in the 95-degree heat. She's connecting with the guy behind us who lives alone. She's, connect, she's, she's even putting together this jar of sand and seashells for an old lady who lives across from us that's moving out of her house after 30 years and has to move to, like, North Carolina or something. Hmm. Dude, she's fulfilling her calling. There's never going to be textbooks written about this. But she is changing at least four or five lives purely by following her calling of caring about people. And that's her passion and burden. Like, her passion is to reach out to these people. She's like, oh, should I do this? Yes, you should. If you feel you should, do it. She doesn't have to go start a mission in Africa. Now, if she was called to do it, then we have a long conversation about it, but, right? I agree. I love the stories of the people who are unsung heroes. Now that we're saying all this, right, does social media really matter? Or is it us just being an impact? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's like my it, struggle. Yeah, it, that's right. It's like it's us being the impact, you know? Which maybe that's what we need to do is bring these stories to light on social media because I think they're more that's encouraging right. to people. How can we, right? how can we be yeah. more encouraging on it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, the Bible says, let your light so shine before men, mm. right? So that they may see your good works and glorify your father. No, see, see your good works. It doesn't say let your posts be so <laughs> holy and bold or, you know what I mean? So that your words may be impactful. Yeah. It's your works. People care about what you do, man, not what you say. We just dealt with that earlier today. Right, it's not just say; it's what you do. It's your actions. Yeah. You can build a. I mean, and I, I'm afraid of this a lot. I, this uh, great fear of mine. I know it's probably wrong, but it's a fear. I spent my whole life developing a character, and in one moment I could blow it. One moment. That's my fear too. You build a character, people trust you. All of a sudden, you go off and do something stupid, right? Because it was a fit of whatever. Uh, Look at what's going on in in popular culture. I mean, we. We thought about getting into the Kavanaugh stuff, but I will say this. If it happened, that was one decision 35 years ago that's changing his life completely now. Look at Twitter. People post comments 20, well, not 20 years ago, but, you know, however many years ago Twitter started. They post these comments just in offhand. They're losing jobs. They're losing 
careers that are losing spouses because of something they said a long time ago and just wrote it out. Like it's your, your character, your integrity are very fragile things. And I, I second that like, dude, I'm, I'm scared. I am a lot of times that I'm going to slip up. I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a mistake and it's going to shoot it. But I I think too, we've been, we've been honest about our flaws. You know, I was addicted to, you know, sin, you know, some of the stuff the pastors are into nowadays. I don't need to say the word, but you know what it is, right? Uh, I was addicted to that. I was in a, you know, a group that was very, I don't know, narcissistic ministry and stuff like that. So, I mean, I was, I'm pretty vocal about those things, you know, like, hey, those were my flaws. So it's not like you could surprise me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it came out, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty vocal about it anyway. I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to hide it, dude. Let me point you to where I talked about that. Exactly. You know? But it made me the person who I am. Like it made me not want to be like that group I was in before. It made me want to love people more. Like when I say something hard, because I believe I'm, I'm a bold kind of talker, I think yeah. I've always been that way. But it's not like boldness to like crack you. It's boldness to help you like and. And even if you're struggling, I'm not going to be like, you idiot. I'm going to be like, bro, I get it. I struggle too. But you want me to pray with you for you? Can't help you if you ain't asking. You know what I mean? I want to help people out of their situations. I want to help people who are dealing with the same things I dealt with and sins. Like, hey, I know my calling, man, but I feel like I missed it. Bro, if you missed it, you wouldn't be convicted about it. You didn't miss a thing. You know what I mean? I want to help you through. I want to pray with you. I want to fast with you and all these other things. I really, really do. So, you know, those things made me who I am. But it is... Just now, you know, now, now I'm 30. What are you, how old are you? 32. You're 32. I'm about to turn 38 in January. You know, it's like you spend your whole life trying to just create a character or develop character. I shouldn't say create a character, but develop character. And like people can depend on you and trust in you. And dude, one moment you can blow it. And I'm, I'm, I, I wish, you know, I w- always want to be more on guard with that. And I, you know, yeah. again, that might be wrong to have that fear, but. Um, and, and please tell me if I'm wrong. I want to know so I can like trust the <laughs> Lord with it. I'm trying to trust God with everything I got, but, um, I never want to blow it with the Lord. Yeah. I think that's it. I never want to blow it with the Lord. And that's, you know, go ahead. I mean, I'm, that, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. You know, that's a huge fear of mine is even more than my own name is harming the name of God. You know, cause you get the, you get these pastors who been pastors for 20 years and then they end up having an affair. And it's not just that they ruined their own life. Yep. It's that they've harmed the name of God because every time that happens, there are people who leave the church disenfranchised with the faith. Right. And not that God can overcome that. Not that, you know, People shouldn't have a little bit thicker skin about the fact that we're all fallible. We're all sinful. Right. We all make mistakes. Right. God's the only one who's perfect. Right. But I I want to put the best foot forward at all times for God's name. And I kick myself when I think back on stuff where I did it wrong <laughs> or I made a mistake and and people that's harmed people's view of God. You know. Hmm. We end it? Yeah. Because <laughs> that was a big... I mean, we were like yeah. off topic a little bit. It was good, though. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thank you for everybody for tuning in. 
uh, to this fourth podcast. It's pretty amazing. We get to just share our hearts with you, and, and I'm sure you guys want to share your hearts with us. And we're going to make this available for people to call into, too. We really want to, you know, when it goes live and stuff like that, we really yeah. want to do that because I know people have a lot to say and add to what we're saying. And maybe a correction. Maybe that's good. You know, we, we need it, too. Um, we want you to know that we really, really care about you guys. We care about the truth. We care about giving you the truth. And so if this impacts you in any way, if this ministry has done anything for you uh, personally, please get on our Patreon page uh, at patreon.com slash it's a forward slash uh, self-evident ministries. Um, if it's impacted you in another way and you want to support us, go on the self-evident truth.com, the self-evident truth.com. You can go on. Actually, the link's already there. If you click on the banner, it's the second one, I believe. Um, you can click on the banner. It takes you right to the Patreon page or you can donate at the top right button. It says donate. You can donate and help us. Um, and one of the reasons we need support, because I was always afraid to ask before, because I never wanted people to think I was a money grubber, but people know me enough that I'm not that guy. Uh, and, I, and I will do anything for a dollar, you know, just to help people and, and get the truth out there. So support us. Also, cop our merch, guys. we got some new shirts out there yeah. that are awesome. If you go on the the, the com and hit that shop button, you can see our new T-shirts. Cop a shirt. Take pictures. Send them into us. We can put them on the... That would be cool. Yeah, we can put some thumbnails up on these uh, podcast things. We can put you up on the website. Uh, send us your quotes. What, how has the ministry impacted you? I want to put you on the front page of the website uh, and, and see how, you know what, what's God done in your life yeah. through the ministry. Um, we want to stay in touch and engage with you guys. And I just want to say hello. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I just want to say God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in this week again. We can't wait till the fifth one already. We're already jarring up with I'm ideas. Excited. Yeah, and, and when we, we'll, we'll release this one on Tuesday again. Um, the, the, the short one's released, but if you get on Patreon, you get the full uh, out, what is it, hour and a half now. Yeah. And uh, we love you guys. We'll talk to you very, 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 very soon. Love you guys. Take care.